0: Welcome to The Lending Lowdown. I'm CJ Doherty, Head of Market Analysis at Refinitiv LPC, and I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Toole, Director of Deals Intelligence here at Refinitiv. We have a little bit of a change up today. Uh, as up to this point, our podcasts have been primarily focused on lending activity, You know whether it be private credit or the syndicated loan market. But today we're going to focus on M&A activity, as you know, many market participants are currently trying to gauge where M&A deal flow is at and where it's headed. Um, Of course, all this is still very related to the loan market as a a chunk of M&A activity is ultimately financed via loans and indeed bonds. And so with all this in mind, I've pulled in our resident expert on all things M&A. So welcome, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Of course. Great to be here. Okay, Matt. So let's start with the biggest headline in the last week, the fallout from the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank is still reverberating throughout the broader markets. And worries persist around some other banks, even as of today, March 17th. Uh, so, you know, from your perspective, has there been any visible impact on M&A yet, or is it too early to tell?
1: I would definitely say it's too early to tell, you know, Big kind of collapse of, of of kind of major major banking players is never a good thing for kind of market confidence or kind of general um, you know, kind of confidence in, in deal making. But you know I think it will take a bit of time to figure out exactly kind of what the repercussions are are of you know, some of this you know kind of volatility that we're seeing certainly in in the banking sector. Um, you know I think it's it's uh, it's certainly something that is being closely watched, certainly in the technology community, which has been a huge part of the M&A story over the last number of years. But I think we'll put that in the too early to tell category at this point um, and, and kind of see kind of how the after effects and, and changes potentially to, um, you, know, you know, some of the
0: you know, kind of just general outlook on the market uh, come into play here. OK, so we'll, we'll stay tuned for more on that. Um, and next, like, obviously, we saw M&A activity tumble uh, in 2022, you know, amid the market volatility and the economic uncertainty what are you seeing on the m and a front overall uh, so far this year? you know are there differences across regions yeah we, we you know we saw you know a pretty dramatic
1: fall off in m a last year where you know we saw the the, the, the largest, you know, six month decline uh, in m and activity since we began tracking m and 40 years ago. And so, you know, the impact of kind of the many different kind of headlines uh, in 2022 with, you know, kind of, you know, starting off the year with kind of war in Ukraine and then moving into recession fears, uh, rising inflation, uh, a very dramatic rise in interest rates and, and some major stock volatility kind of really, you know, kind of just shut you know, down all the kind of making that we had been seeing you know after the record that we saw in in 2021 and that has spilled on into this year we're now tracking at uh, a decade low so we're this it's the slowest start for MA uh, since 2013 and it is pretty broad based you know steeply double digit declines uh, you know around each of the regions uh, the americas and, and europe uh you know kind of you know kind of quite negative and you know there's some different stories in some of the different countries where we are seeing some bright spots in australia and japan but you know think i think Broadly, the you know the real factors that, that that pushed down M&A in the latter half of, of 2022 have certainly spilled over into this year, and, and now facing kind of some new uh, and, you know some some new indicators, um, some new
0: changes in the market, and obviously some some current events that we just spoke about. Okay, yeah, and, and against that backdrop, which you've described, are valuations coming down, or are sellers willing to, willing to transact at lower purchase multiples? You know that is one of the, you know, kind of the the things that we
1: have been observing is, you know, in the the course of this slowdown, we have seen valuations come down about 100 100 basis points since uh, the beginning of 2021, where we saw a high uh, for some of the EBITDA multiples and some of the other uh, multiples that we track. And so, you know, when we do have downturns in M&A, there are also often pockets of opportunity for uh, for buyers who are who are looking to to make a move obviously you know taking into account all the different pieces that go into deciding whether to, to transact and and, and and pursue a merger. But you know one of the pieces that we were looking at you know in the, the run up to you know the record year that we saw in twenty twenty one was it you know very, very high multiple and and really some some expensive deals happening. And so we have seen that come down um, and I think that will you know certainly with all the other factors play into you know what might what might come as we look into you know a, an increase in MA you know potentially at the, the latter half of this year, or even into, into
0: 2024. Okay. And, and as we dig a little bit deeper, maybe into the to the underlying deal flow, what's the trend with regard to leverage buyouts specifically?
1: Yeah, so I mean, you know, the you know, LBOs and, and private equity, you know, have been, you know, a very large percentage of M&A activity over the last two years, you know, we saw, you know, kind of record levels of capital raise. So private equity had, you know, tremendous levels of capital and, and some really record funds, um, which they were able to put to work. You know, through the pandemic and 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 well after, just because of the market conditions and and the the credit environment was so favorable for private equity. And so you know we are seeing uh, a similar decline in private equity LBOs this year as we are seeing with the broader market. It might be outpacing the market a little bit um because you know many private equity transactions uh, are certainly you know kind of very, very focused on the financing equation and and whether or not it makes sense to do the deal um, you know with the levels of capital needed and and what financing might be available, whether it be bonds and loans, so we we have seen some pretty sizable transactions, um you know just to start off the year. um but it, you know generally, I think private equity is kind of on the sidelines a bit, trying to evaluate you know at what point does uh, you know, do interest rates start to uh, level out? You know, when can we think about financing in a you know, maybe a potentially more um, you know, kind of uh, kind of you know, even keeled way and kind of you know, begin to look out and see some of those um, those those targets we've had our eye on? You know, do they make financial sense um, and and, and will be able to get the returns that, that we require? So you know, I think if, along with much of the m a market, private equity is probably in a recalculating mode, you know, looking to see kind of how deals might get done and and what it might require to get those deals done.
0: Okay. Yeah, and, and what are you seeing across sectors? You know, earlier you mentioned the tech sector, but like in general, what are the notable trends you're seeing? Yeah, technology has has really been you know the
1: the large kind of driver of of all things, and 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 it's you know from an MA perspective, we're seeing you know large technology transactions. So. You know, uh, you know, in semiconductors, uh, in, in software, we're also seeing you know kind of tech adjacent transactions where you know healthcare companies are buying tech companies to help manage you know all their all their their customers and and even customer data. So you know, tech is growing and growing, you know, as we've seen over the last uh, couple of years, and and last year accounted for. You know, a, a record you know, kind of 25% of overall M&A activity, and and that is you know, kind of steeply fallen off, as you would imagine, with um, you know some of this, the volatility that we've been seeing in some of the big tech names, and just in general, you know, kind of the focus on 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 those names, and and they they are going through obviously some major changes in, in in cost cutting and 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 job cuts as well. Um, you know, we have seen a, a pretty big start to the year for healthcare. Um, and that is really driven by a mega deal that was just recently announced from Pfizer. But you know, it was really 10 years ago when um, you know, kind of the you know, kind of the big pharma, you know, kind of group of of companies really kind of kicked off this kind of this, this latest M and A cycle. Um, you know, that w- was really very dormant post financial crisis, and all the big pharma companies were coming in, in 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 2014, 15, and 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 making some really big transactions. But you know obviously with with, with healthcare and biotech and, and and pharma you know that that is a pretty cyclical business and always looking for new things so um we've we've seen you know kind of a, a pretty strong start to the year in healthcare also, materials um, and industrials, which kind of also plays into that infrastructure play, which is is one that I think a lot of people are focused on. And so we are seeing, you know, kind of a very, you know, kind of um, a very slight increase year over year for materials and industrials, and actually, you know, a pretty strong number of deals happening in that space, where you know that shows a much more broad-based uh, you know, kind of pace of deal making across the middle market
0: as well as, well as some of the the large cap transactions yeah, let's talk about size for a moment. then, you know are, are you seeing differences in activity when it comes to m and a for large corporate versus middle market companies?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the you know the 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 large cap kind of kind of mega merger you know was certainly the hallmark of of 2021. You know, and and I think that will be an asterisk for for many years to come. You know, because you know the market conditions were just you know you know so favorable for for M&A, and we have seen that come down. So right now, you know, the declines are really being led by that mega merger, large cap. But we are seeing declines kind of in all size areas. But the mid market does seem to be you know uh, you know uh, you know kind of certainly you know kind of outperforming the general market um you know mid market m a is down by number of deals down twenty five percent um compared to you know forty two percent for for large cap m a so you know i think there is always a very healthy um you know kind of amount of activity happening in the mid market obviously you know changes depending on overall conditions but it it does seem you know that some of the smaller transactions and potentially some of the you know, kind of the downstream effects of some of the big M&A deals where companies are selling off non-core assets or, you know, potentially, you know, looking to spin off or, or sell, you know, some, some, some you know, portion of their business where we're seeing some of the smaller deals and also where we're seeing some of the smaller private equity LBOs come into place
0: as well. Okay, great. And uh, final question for you, basically using your crystal ball, what's your outlook for the rest of the year? You know, what's in store for M&A deal flow?
1: You know, so we surveyed uh, over 500 dealmakers at the beginning of the year um, to kind of see what they were thinking about as far as M&A, and there was some bullishness in in that space. And 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 I think looking at the beginning of the year, you know, certainly I think many dealmakers thought that we were going to see you know a bit of a, you know a bright spot i think you know economic conditions are still you know changing pretty rapidly um the ceo uh survey that came out just this week from the conference board also had you know the first uptick uh since 2021 in, in ceo confidence and and mna is very much driven by confidence now i think some of the 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 events of the last week or so you know might have a, a an impact on that and i think you know as, as i mentioned earlier you know the recalculation of what do all the different changes that we've seen in market conditions you know what does that mean for my deal making playbook you know i think many advisors uh you know bankers lawyers lenders are you know certainly you know busy working with customers and clients to say you know kind of what what are some of the you know kind of feasible options that might happen or, or what are the things that need to happen for us to potentially do a deal but i think you know i think we'll probably continue to see a good amount of pause for certainly the first half of this year hopefully see some some more steadying in some of the economic indicators um you know that i mentioned before with inflation um you know with um interest rates potentially leveling, leveling out, you know potentially really putting to bed whether or not we're going to have a recession or not and then you know hopefully begin to see you know some more deal making potentially in the latter half of the year, certainly for some companies taking advantage of of the you know kind of the, the lower valuations and you know just the, the general opportunity that sometimes comes from a downturn.
0: Okay, so some optimism there for, for later in the year in terms of deal flow uh, and much to monitor. Uh, and on that note, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up for today. Matt, uh, we'll keep up with your MA coverage in the coming months in order to stay abreast of the, the key trends in the market. And uh, thanks very much for joining me today. And thank you all for tuning in. I invite you to check out Refinitiv.com backslash dealsintelligence for more m a insights and analysis. I'm CJ Doherty. Subscribe to The Lending Lowdown on your favorite podcast platform.
1: When you contribute your fixed income deals to Refinitiv, they'll reach over half a million buy and sell side professionals around the world and be included in our industry-leading league table rankings. To ensure we're capturing your entire deal flow, visit contribute.refinitiv.com forward slash FI sign up or contact our team at contribute at Make your deal count.